0: Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Good. It's good to be here. Good to see you guys. Dylan, I have to apologize to you. That's not your fault that you didn't dismiss Anchor Youth. It's my fault. If you are in 6th to 12th grade, you are now dismissed to go upstairs with Jason and Desiree. So I should have done that. So sorry, man. Um, We have been in uh, a series called Romans, a letter from the Apostle Paul, since February. (laughs) This is really good. We've been walking verse by verse, examining Romans to see what it has to tell us about life and faith. But today we're taking a break from that uh, series, and I'm just doing uh, a standalone message. We're not starting a new series or anything like that, just one message. Today, the title of my message is called Be a Bringer. Be a Bringer. Now, did everybody get one of these Hershey Kiss? Does everyone have one? If you don't have one, raise your hand and our our welcome team will get you you one. Dylan will throw it to you. I think everybody's got one. Good. Or everybody who wants one's got one. Good. Okay, this is what I need. I need everybody to unwrap it right now and eat it. Just right right now, go. Some of you have already done this. That's okay. You can do it again. Um, And this chocolate is not on on plan for my diet, so don't judge me. Um, it's just one. I won't do it again, I promise. This is good, right? Hershey Kiss, right? We're not that far from Hershey, Pennsylvania, where these are made. Um, so today, I want to dive into the scriptures, but but first I have a story, as is usual. A pastor led a team of his church members on a missions trip to Africa, okay, and they were really excited, and they get to africa and um, the missionary that they 're working with picks them up at the airport and gets their luggage and all that, and immediately just takes them to the village that they 're going to start working with that they 're going to start um, you know sharing the gospel with and um, They pull up to this village and it's a it 's a bunch of white it 's a bunch of white people, and these African villagers have never seen white people before, and so this one little kid spots the car, spots the the big van, and these white people coming out. So he goes and jets over to see what's going on. Like, what what is this? I've never seen this before. And so, um, these these missions team members are pulling their pulling their equipment out, and they're getting ready to enter this village. And this kid approaches, and and he's just standing there, just staring. And one of the team members, he he didn't really know how to like respond, and so. He reached, in, he reached in his bag, and he pulled out a Hershey kiss, and he just didn't, he didn't know what to do, so he just handed the kid a Hershey kiss, not knowing that this kid had never had candy before. He didn't know what it was, and the kid's just holding it, kind of examining it, like, what do I do with this? There's a language barrier, obviously, and so this guy, he pulls out another Hershey kiss, he unwraps it, and he pops it in his mouth. He just waits for the kid to do the same thing. So the kid, examining it, he unwraps the chocolate, he kind of sniffs it a little bit, <laughs> And he puts it to his lips and then just puts it in his mouth. And about five seconds later, his eyes get really big. And then he just jets off toward the village. And the the team was, like, amused with this kid, right? They didn't really think much of it. They turn back to the van. They continue unloading their stuff. Well, a few minutes later, they turn back around, and the kid's back. But this time, he's not alone. He's got, like, a dozen other kids with him. And this little kid walks up to that same team member, puts his hand out, but instead, instead of the team member giving him one piece of chocolate this time, he gives him a handful of chocolate. And I don't know about you, if I was a kid, I would have kept all the chocolate for myself. Um, he didn't do that. Um, he didn't do that. He turned, and each kid that he, he brought with him, he gave a chocolate. And they did the same thing he did. They just kind of held on to, like, what do I do with this? And so the little kid was the example. He showed them, like, hey, this is what you do, unwrap it and then put it in your mouth. He unwrapped it, put it in his mouth, and just waited. He had this little smirk on his face. And so the, the rest of these kids, they unwrap, they unwrap the chocolate, and they pop it in their mouth. About five seconds later, they're all dancing and screaming and jumping. And like, they're so excited because they'd never had anything like that before. And they wanted everyone else in their village to experience what they just experienced. So they, they just grabbed the team members and just, re- like, brought them and ran. And it was, like, a really cool story I heard. I'm like, man, that's, that's really funny. They wanted everybody else to experience what they just experienced. Have you ever had uh, an experience like that? You're just going about your life. You're just doing your thing. And then, like, you experience something that changes the way you see things. You experience something that changes your perspective on something. And you, you just have to tell people about it. I am this way about Nebraska football, some of you guys don't know what that means. College football, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, I've talked about this before. They're not very good right now, but they're the greatest team in the in the history of college football and I love to tell people about it. I just have to tell people about this great thing that I have experienced. There's nothing like going to a Nebraska Cornhusker football game. It's in 90,000 people. That stadium is the third largest city in the state of Nebraska on fall football Saturdays. Like there's nothing like it. I want everyone to experience it if they if they never have. So have you ever had an opportunity or an experience like that where you've you've experienced something you just you need other people to experience that What happens though when we have these great experiences and we we're we're excited about these new things, but then like then like the, the excitement wears off. It just becomes normal, it just becomes commonplace. What, what, what do we do then? What do we do when the interesting and intriguing becomes commonplace and mundane? What do we do with that? Have you ever felt this way about your faith in Jesus? In the beginning, it's really fresh, it's really exciting. God's doing a lot of things in you. He's doing a lot of things through you and, and every day is new but eventually you get used to it. Eventually you get used to the things of God and it stops becoming exciting. It stops becoming something that you want to, you want other people to experience. I think we all go through this at some point, right? Um, I'll give you kind of another like little analogy, I guess. I have a friend who went to Hawaii one time and he'd never been to Hawaii. And the first day he was there, he went snorkeling and he was blown away. He'd never seen so many different species of fish. He'd never seen so many brilliant colors, and he was just in awe. So he decided, day two, I'm going back. Awesome. Day three, he went back. Day four, he went back. Day five, he went back, but it wasn't as cool as the first time because he had gotten used to amazing, right? Day five wasn't as cool as day one because he was, what, what was interesting and brilliant and, and awesome was now just normal to him. I think we slip into that sometimes, where, where the things that, that we're, we get passionate about just become normal at some point, and, and then we stop being excited about those things. Have you gotten used to amazing? Have we gotten used to amazing? Have we gotten so used to the things of God, the, 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 the faith that we have in God, that there's no inspiration in us to share Him anymore? I want to look at what the Word of God has to tell us today about this idea, about this subject, because I think the Word of God has something really important to tell us. Um, but first, pray with me. Let's let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. God, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, um, for your Word, and I pray, God, that that it would do, it would do its work inside me. That it would change me from the inside out, God. That I would have an experience with your spirit, through your word today, that we would have an experience with your spirit through the word today, that we would gain a clearer understanding of your heart. We love you, God. We give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can open it up or turn it on to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 35 and uh, we're going to go all the way through verse 42, just a short portion of scripture today. John chapter 1 starting in verse 35, it says this, The following day John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. So this is the very beginning of, like, the ministry of Jesus. And the John that they're talking about is John the Baptist. And, and he's commonly referred to as the forerunner in Scripture. He's the one who, like, went before Jesus and was, like, kind of— kind of preparing people for the Messiah, right? So, so John had these disciples that were with him, and John sees Jesus, who happens to be his cousin, right? John and Jesus are cousins. And, and John sees Jesus, and he says, look, everybody, the Lamb of God, this is what we've been waiting for. This is the Savior we've been waiting for for hundreds of years. It's so it's, it's a big deal, right? Verse 37, when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Really quickly, John didn't make a big fuss when his disciples left him to go follow somebody else because John understood the bigger picture, right? Like, this is about, this is about people finding Jesus. So, like, John didn't make a big fuss about, like, losing followers because they were following the one they are supposed to follow anyways. Just a side note. Uh, when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. They found the Messiah. They found him and they didn't want to leave him. So they decided, you know what, we're following this guy, John, and he's awesome. But like, we're going with him right? Like that's, that's what, that's what happened. They, they didn't want to leave him. They wanted to stay with him, but it doesn't end there. It, it doesn't, it doesn't end with Andrew just staying by the side of Jesus. I think the next verse is the most important of this whole portion of scripture. Verse 42, then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. In my opinion, this is one of the most important things we could learn about faith in Jesus. See, Andrew's just doing his thing, right? He's just following John, and, and he's like trying to learn the ways of God better, and, and then all of a sudden... An opportunity to, to meet Jesus comes up, and Andrew is excited because he knows what, big, what, what kind of deal this is, right? He, he found the Messiah. He found the promise of God, and then Andrew was just perfectly uh, happy knowing that he, he found the Savior and he did nothing else, right? Then Andrew just, um, he, he was just content going to church every week, and, and, and he lived happily ever after, right? No, no. What did he do? He found the living God, and then he went to go bring people to him. He's like, hey, you got to see this. Hey, here's eternal life. Come look. The most important part of the Scripture verse is verse 42. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Andrew found God. He found eternal life. He found exactly what he was looking for, but he didn't just keep it to himself. He didn't, he didn't just say, oh man, praise God that I'm saved now. No, like what do you do when you, when you find a savior? You, you want to save as many people as you can. He brought people to meet Jesus. When you find something life-changing, you can't keep it to yourself. You shouldn't keep it to yourself. Andrew was a bringer. You should be a bringer. I should be a bringer because when you're a bringer, when I'm a bringer, everybody wins. I like to think about this. I like to think about this a lot, actually. It is on my mind a lot. Um, Because Brian Demel was a bringer, or somebody somebody was a bringer, and Brian Demel got saved, I win. The name Brian Demel doesn't mean anything to you. The name Brian Demel means a lot to me. So the guy who kind of pulled me in and, and like kind of took me to meet Jesus and discipled me in faith was a, was a guy named Corey Demel. Corey Demel's dad's name is Brian Demel. And in the 70s, Brian was not a believer. He was a drug dealer and he was like chased out of the state of Nebraska, literally. Like he was like shipped out of the state because he was causing so much trouble. And then somebody brought Brian Demmel to meet Jesus and it changed the course of my life. How crazy is that? Because somebody decided they were going to be a bringer of, of this guy, this drug dealer, it changed my life. Think, think about the millions of people who would never have been introduced to Jesus had nobody brought Billy Graham to meet Jesus. Being a bringer affects so many people and it introduces, it has a ripple effect that, that we can't even see. Being a bringer has benefits. There's, there's, there's benefits to being a bringer, and everybody wins when, when you're a bringer. Everybody wins when I'm a bringer. And today I want to talk about three benefits to living your life as a bringer. The first benefit I want to talk about today is this. It strengthens our own faith in God. Being a bringer strengthens our own faith in God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this, And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain it. It's not going to really mean much to an unchurched person or a a non-believer if you tell them, like, God loves you and he's got a plan for you. Well, why? Well, because the Bible says that doesn't mean anything to an unchurched person. I heard it in church. That doesn't mean anything to, to somebody who doesn't believe in God. Like you, we have to know why we believe what we believe. We have to know why we say the things we say and not just regurgitate what we hear, right? Like you have to know why you believe what you believe. And when you do, it strengthens your faith in God. When I was a new Christian, um, I was hanging out with an old friend. Uh, so when I was 18 and um, I was hanging out with an old, uh, like a friend who wasn't a Christian. And um my life was changing radically, right? From the things that I used to do to, to now the way I'm living, just completely different. But I still hung out with this guy, right? Because we were good friends. And um and he asked me, like, Ryan, why like why are you changing everything about your life? And I didn't I didn't have any other like way to articulate like what was going on inside me other than like I f- felt it, right? Like I felt like I should. And he laughed at me. <laughs> Laughing because I couldn't articulate. He's unchurched. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know what that means. And I didn't know. I didn't know how to explain what was going on in me. Um, and so he laughed at me. But and my confidence in in like sharing my faith in God was really low. But as I began to invite him to come with me, as I began to bring other people to meet Jesus, my faith in him grew. My confidence in what I believed grew. It's a, it's, a natural, it's a natural progression. Like when you bring people to meet Jesus, it's going to strengthen your own faith in him. It's going to cause you to, to find out what you actually believe to be true about God. My understanding of why I believe what I believe and, and being art, able to articulate it is absolutely 100% strengthen my faith in God. Being being able to to tell people why I believe what I believe, being able to to do that and bring people to Jesus has 100% strengthened my faith and trust in him. I know what I believe, and I'm confident in what I believe, and, and I believe that everyone, God wants everyone to experience real life. He wants everyone to have a chance at that. He wants everyone to have a chance at that. So that's the first, that's the first thing, right? That's the, the, the first benefit. Being a bringer uh, will absolutely strengthen your own faith in God. The second benefit of being a bringer is this it gives others an opportunity to encounter the love of God. It gives others the opportunity to encounter the, other, uh, the love of God when they otherwise might not. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3 says, I will make you a great nation. This is God talking to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Through you, every family on earth will be blessed. This is the mission. If you've said yes to Jesus and you live for him, this is the mission to bless everybody on earth. When we're a child of Abraham, which you are through your faith in Jesus, when you're a child of Abraham, we're adopted into this mission of, of revealing God to the world and giving people in a chance to experience his love. Galatians chapter six, verse uh, Galatians chapter three, verses six through nine say this: uh, Abraham serves as an example. He believed God, and that faith was regarded as the basis of Abraham's approval. By God, you must understand that people who have faith are Abraham's descendants. Scripture saw ahead of time that God would give his approval to non-Jewish people who have faith. So Scripture announced the good news to Abraham ahead of time when it said, Through you, all the people of the world will be blessed. So people who believe are blessed together with Abraham, the man of faith. If you believe in Jesus as Lord, you are a part of Abraham's lineage. You, you are a descendant of Abraham, and that means you share in the mission to reveal God to the world. You share in the mission to give people an opportunity to, to experience his love. It's on all of us. It's not just on me, right, the, as the pastor. It's on all of us. That, that's the mission for all of us, to, to reveal God to the world and give everyone an opportunity to experience his love. And I try to make this my focus every day when I wake up, and not because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm a, a child of God. When I wake up, one of the first thoughts is like, okay, how, how can I reveal God today? Wherever I go, how, how, do I, how do I reveal God to my kids? How do I reveal God to my wife? How do I reveal God to, um, you know, the person at the starbucks drive through how do i reveal my god or how do i reveal god to the person at the grocery store that i interact with how, just that's the first thought and i'm not great at it all the time right i'm not great at revealing god to my wife she can attest to that i try but i'm not great at it. like i'm not saying you have to be perfect but like that's the mission we're on and if we don't understand that we're missing it if we don't understand this is the mission we're on, then we're missing the whole point of all of this. This is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not something we do. It's, it's who we are. Who are you going to bring? Who are you going to bless? Who are you going to give an opportunity to experience the love of God? I, I love this because um, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is the relationship you guys have, right? Right? Kim and, and Vicki, like, Kim, lo- what's that? Yeah, she, Kim brought Vicki to meet Jesus, and now Vicki, like, knows Jesus, loves Jesus, and Vicki's being a bringer as well. Like, it's got ripple effects because Kim was faithful with her, with her belief and trust in the Lord and her love of God, and, like, she wanted other people to experience that. Now Vicki is a part of the family of God. Like, this is a real-life example when we're when we make the choice to be a bringer right we give other people the chance to experience the love of god so being a bringer will strengthen your own faith in god being a bringer gives an opportunity for others to encounter the love of god and this is the third benefit of being a bringer it sets an example it sets an example for other believers Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 through 16 say this, this is Jesus talking, he says, you are the light of the world. Jesus said this, he said, you are the light of the world. Jesus didn't say I'm the light of the world. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. When we're living within the will of God and when we're when we're letting our light shine, when we're bringing people to meet Jesus, it's attractive. Other people take notice, and they want to be a part of what's going on. They want to be a part of what's going on. Before I was a pastor, um, I was a volunteer leader. Robin and I were volunteer leaders at our home church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And um, we were a part of the youth ministry. The, the youth ministry had about 200 or so kids, uh, which is a lot. But the, the, the crazy part is, like, most youth ministries would be lucky to have a dozen youth leaders we had like 50 youth leaders that were adults. Why? Because our youth group had this like impeccable reputation for reaching the unreachable kids. And when you see the impact that, that you're making, like people want to be a part of it. People want adults who had nothing to do with youth ministry in the past saw the impact that the youth ministry had, like not just like on youth in the church, but like on our city, and they wanted to be a part, being a bringer sets an example for everybody else and and it encourages people to to jump in and get off the sidelines and and get in the game, so to speak, right it's difficult to keep on going and going and going when you 're doing it by yourself, but when others are spurring you on, when others are encouraging you it's it's it helps us to keep going, it helps us to keep fighting. Being a bringer sets an example for everybody else. When she's a bringer, it makes me want to be a bringer. When when Dylan's a bringer, it makes me want to be a bringer. Being a bringer sets an example for everybody else. Worship team, you can come to the platform. Being a bringer strengthens your own faith in God. Being a bringer gives an opportunity to experience the love of God, and being a bringer sets an example for, for all believers to see. Imagine, imagine quickly how differently life would be if you stopped, if you stopped letting this just be an idea and you started living your life this way. How different would your life be if this went from being a good idea to being a lifestyle? I think things would change radically for you. Things would change radically for me. Things would change radically for our church. Things would change radically for Milford. Ch- things would change radically for Delaware. I think this would change things dramatically. What if, what if being a bringer and sharing your faith actually did cause your, your faith to be strengthened yourself? Like, wouldn't you do it? I, I would. Like, if there's something that can strengthen my faith, of course I want to do it. Why wouldn't I? What if? Imagine the impact you'd have if you truly believed that you could help others encounter the love of God. Let me say that again. Imagine the impact you could have if you truly believed that you could help others experience the love of God. How would things be? How would your family be different? How would your friend group be different? How would your workplace be different? How would your school be different? How, like, how would your club be? Whatever, like, how would things be different if you truly embraced this thing and you you really, you really believed that you could do it? Everything would would be different because we're finally functioning the way God intended us to, the way He created us to, as His image. We're not hoarding it. We're not keeping it to ourselves. We're giving it away. This reminds me of a parable that Jesus told in in Matthew, Matthew chapter twenty five. Uh, it's it's kind of long, so stick with me, but it's, it's good. It reminds me of this parable. Starting at verse 14, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they, all, they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more bags and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't I didn't plant and gather crops. I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And then they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away from them. Now throw this useless servant into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like the servant who had the one bag. Who took his bag and he hid it in the earth because he was afraid. I want to be like the servant with the five bags. That I take, I take what God gives me and I invest it and I multiply it. And I come back and I say, look what I did for you. That's... I, I don't know about you, but that's, that's what I wanna do. That's what I, that's, I wanna hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't wanna waste any opportunities that God gives me. I believe that, that God puts people in our lives based on our abilities and based on our trustworthiness. I believe that if we wanna reach more and more people, we need to take care of what God has put right in front of us right now. If we want this church to have more influence, we need to take care of what God has put in front of us right now. And when we do, he will give us more influence to reach more people. But we got to take care of what's right in front of us right now. When you're a bringer, everybody wins when i'm a bringer everybody wins think think about what if you could change the course of an entire family tree just by bringing one person to meet jesus think about that the course of my kids lives are changed by one guy that's that's crazy to think about you can have that in that that influence you can have that effect on somebody's life on somebody's family tree you just got to embrace it you gotta you gotta take hold of that calling you gotta walk in that and allow the holy spirit to empower you to walk in that let me pray for you today god thank you thank you for this word god i want to be a bringer I want to bring people to meet you. I don't just want to keep my faith to myself. I don't just want to, to, to hoard what I have. I want to share it. I want to give it away. God, may our relationship with you never become normal. <laughs> May our relationship with you never lose amazing. May it never become mundane. May it never become commonplace. God, I, I pray that our relationship with you would always be interesting. It would always be exciting. God, and I pray today for, for my church that, that you would empower us You would empower us to be your witnesses and and you would help us to seize the opportunities that are right in front of us to bring people to meet you. God, you're you're the reason that all of this is. You're the reason for all of this because you love us and because you love people and because you want to save people and you want people to experience real life. Like I don't just do this because like I want to have good church services. I do this because I want people to know you. So God, empower me to make you known. Empower us to make you known, Father God. We love you. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 What I want to do now is I I want us to take a moment. I want us to respond. I want us to respond to the word of God, whether it be through worshiping with song or whether it be just praying or, or you know, just sitting and, and meditating on what we just heard. But I, I want us to take a moment and just respond. So what we're gonna do now? The worship team is gonna lead us uh, in a, in a song. You can stand if you'd like. You don't have to. You can stay seated. Um, you can pray. You can you can just sit and think, or you can sing whatever worship or the prayer team. I call them worship team every time. Prayer team is gonna be available um, to pray with you if you need it. Um, yeah, let's respond to the Spirit of God this morning. Let's let's allow Him to do some work in our hearts today. Worship team, lead us. Jesus, we look to you. Jesus, I want to always remember why I do what I do, and it's because of you. It's because you, you found me. It's because you rescued me. You saved me. You pulled me out of the pit. Whatever analogy I could use, God, you did it. You did it. Break my heart for what breaks your heart. Break my heart for what breaks your heart, God, that's lostness. That's lostness. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Really quickly before I pray and dismiss, just some next steps to... um, to take the message and tangibly do something with it this week. Um, the first one, this week I'll memorize 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Kind of a sub-note to this this, this next step, that might sound intimidating. Maybe you don't feel like you're eloquent with words, or maybe you, you don't know how you would broach that conversation robin gave me really good um a really good suggestion and and i'm like yeah that's a duh i should have included this um this week write out your story write out what your faith story is and and practice sharing it with somebody practice sharing it with somebody here at church that way you can always be ready to give an account for the hope that you have so, so this week, memorize First Peter 3.15, but then also write out your story so you, you, can, you can practice how to share it. The second, second next step this week, uh, this week I'll bring someone to church with me. It's really, a really easy next step. I mean, that's what these cards are for, these, these invite cards, really easy. We have a ton of them out there. Take as many as you want, invite as many people as you want to. Invite as many people as you can. This week, I will bring someone with me to church. Sometimes we feel like, man, I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything good to say. At least bring them to church. Give them an opportunity to meet Jesus here. You know, like you never know. And then this week, I'll sign up to help with Thanksgiving meal delivery. This is a, a cool way to just interact with people and share the love of God with them. Stand with me, if you would, please. I'm going to say one last prayer, and we can be dismissed. God, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, that you have created us to be your image on earth, and you've charged us with reflecting your love to the world. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us as your witnesses to do that wherever we go, every time. God, we love you. We give you all the glory in the name of Jesus, and finally, May you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen, 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 amen. Thanks for being here today, everybody. Thanks for, for, thanks for worshiping with us. We'll see you next week. Um, the prayer team is gonna stay up here. If you uh, want prayer, um, you can do it after church. They're gonna be up here for just a few more minutes if you need someone to pray with. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.